With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. I'm Gary Armstrong and today I'm joined by Record Sports writer Michael Gannon and Liam Bryce from the Record Sport Online team. On the pod today, we analyse Celtic's defeat to Kilmarnock, where did it go wrong for the hoops? We also have a look at Celtic's deepening injury crisis, can the defence cope with the loss of Dedrick Boyata and Christoph Eyer? We also have a countdown to the Zenit St Petersburg clash and preview what's likely to be a very important game in the hoops season. We also ask, is Scott Brown being unfairly painted as a villain by Craig Levine? Meanwhile, we look ahead to the Scottish Cup clash with Partick Thistle at the weekend. What team will Brendan Rodgers opt for? So, Mick, we'll start off with the defeat at Rugby Park on Saturday. Brendan Rodgers' only second domestic defeat as Celtic boss. Where do you think it went wrong for the hoops? Well, there was quite a few reasons, wasn't there? I mean, it didn't play well for a start. Um, it wasn't a particularly impressive performance. There, there was some mitigating factors involved. I mean, you look at the injuries in the first half. I think touched on Ayer and Boyata both going off. So half the back line is ripped up right away. Uh, the new boy in there and Jack Henry as well. So he got used to that, the kind of setup. So there's a few kind of um, few problems in terms of personnel. But I say the performance was, was pretty flat as well. Um, it didn't create an awful lot, which is not like Celtic. Celtic tended to create a lot of chances. Um, usually take a few as well. But it didn't create an awful lot against Kilmark. And then obviously they picked off. Uh, on the break and, and by the end of the match in the last 20 minutes Kamara could have probably had two or three there's some regular opportunities towards the end and it could have been worse for Celtic but I said you need to put it in a wee bit of context like, like you say it's the second defeat of the season last year was an exceptional season that doesn't happen I mean in our lifetime before uh, for a reason so you're comparing it to last season it's a wee bit unfair I think so last year you need to take it out uh, as a unique season this year it's kind of came back more to a kind of regular kind of season where the Obviously, Celtic are still out in front in, in the league, but they're, they're finding it harder to get the, the same run of um, results as they managed last year. But there's definitely been a drop-off this year, but maybe it had to be expected, I don't know. Yeah, I think the problem this year was always going to be being compared to last year uh, because the, the standards, obviously, they were so high and it was just completely you know, unprecedented, blowing teams away left, right and centre. And it was always going to be really difficult to keep that up. And as we're seeing, it's, you know, it's... They're not exactly you know, been terrible this year, but it's just been a drop-off in the, the kind of ridiculously high standard that Celtic did set themselves. But, I mean, it doesn't take away from the fact that they were pretty poor at Rugby Park. Uh, they just looked pretty blunt and kind of devoid of ideas at times, which is obviously not like them. Um, but Kelly were, you know, Kelly were very good as well. I don't think you can take too much away from them. Kelly have done a bit of a, a number on them. And different, different approach to, you know, stifling Celtic to... The way Hearts did, Hearts were a bit more in your face, uh, getting in about them, whereas, you know, Steve Clark had them very well organised and sitting in, and Celtic, they just didn't have an answer to it. Yeah, that's something I picked up on as well with the, the Hearts defeat at Tyne Castle. As you said, from the first minute, 
Hearts pressing that back line. Obviously, Celtic's defenders are Brendan Rodgers instructs the defence to play it around the back. Kamarnock, very much different tactics. Sat back, soaked up the pressure, let them get some crosses in and went for the counter-attack. Mick, do you feel that should be a concern for Brendan Rodgers that Celtic, OK, it's only in two games, but they can be got at in two different ways? No, I think all teams can be got at in, in, in certain respects. The Hearts, the Hearts game was a strange one. I think it came at a good time. It was a kind of perfect storm in terms of that result. I think Celtic were looking a bit jaded and on the verge of, of, of a defeat. Um, the way Hearts played it, it's, it's high pressing, also also high risk. And I think Craig Levine admitted that himself. He thought if it works, it's great. But if they conceded early, like they did at Parkhead a few weeks ago, then it's, it's game over. But they got the first goal and then they could keep that high press and they kept picking the Celtic off as well. Uh, forced them out of mistakes from the back. Uh, and it worked a treat. But it's, like I say, it's a, it's a high risk strategy. But when it comes off, it looks spectacular. Um, and Celtic have done that as well themselves in certain games. I think they were Man, Man City uh, at Parkhead last year. Did exactly the same thing. Thought, we'll just go at them. I push them up the park and we'll see how they go. And they managed to hit them uh, a few times. So it does work against teams that are, are theoretically um, superior teams. Whereas Steve Clark's uh, method was, was maybe more traditional. They kind of stifle the areas, mark the areas, uh, shutting off areas of the pitch, make, make Celtic play in places they don't want to play. Make it um, and A lot of times Celtic were coming from the back and forced to go through the middle and it put pressure on the likes of uh, Cham. He was getting the ball to his feet with two men up his back all the time and he's having to go back the way. Celtic fans are cracking up with passing the ball square and passing the ball back. But if you're getting the ball to feet with your back to go and not at an angle, there's not many places you can go apart from back. So it's a quite a, it was a good game plan. Um, come on, I thought they, they have looked so organised under Steve Clark, um, and they made life real difficult. You've also got to take into account Celtic are missing an awful lot of players and creative creative players. Patrick Roberts, Stuart Armstrong, Tom Rogic. These are guys that, that, that pick open defences and they're not there. Well, that's what I was going to say to you, Mick. There was a real lack of pre- uh, penetration at Rugby Park from Celtic. Uh, even when Scott Sinclair came on, you know, he very rarely got uh, in behind Kilmarnock's rear guard and even yeah. then he, he couldn't convert the, the half chances he had. Do do you think there is a real problem with Celtic being able to unpick defences at the moment? Or, as you say, is it just because of the injuries that they've not got that someone at the moment like a Rogic? Who I, can I don't think it helps because the, 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 little, the little kind of passages and, and uh, intricate passing they had last year haven't been able to do it this year because the personnel changes so often. I mean, even the weekend, kind of Charlie Masona coming in, just in the door two, two minutes. It would take him time to get used to players playing around him. Um, Dembele still working to get back to full match fitness, not quite there yet. But then, let's say, Giffis is dropping out. He's been playing in there. He had to drop out injured. Um, so it's difficult to get some sort of momentum going this year because they have lost so many players to injury. Um, and I think that's, you can see it. I think the, the, the wee moves, the wee triangles they had last year that was working a treat. They aren't quite there yet because it's not the same personnel every week that's there. You only need to look at how important Roberts and Rogic were last year just to, to know that you are going to miss these guys. It's not going to be, uh, you know, they have still got good players coming in, but you know, are they on quite the, you know, the same kind of you know level as the likes of Patrick Roberts, who just looked untouchable at times last year. The same with Rogic. These are guys that sure, can, Armstrong as well. I mean, look Armstrong, at the second half of last uh-huh. season. Armstrong was so vital. Wasn't you know, guys like Ro- Roberts and Rogic were these kind of players that can just produce something out of nothing and when you've got these guys in your team in games you know like like the game on Saturday where it's maybe not going your way you know having these guys in the team just it can make the, the difference in a split second even if the rest of the team aren't quite at it these guys with that quality can just turn the game 
you know, in a few seconds. So it's it'll be interesting to see if if it does pick up again when the likes of these guys start coming back in because you know before the the um, the winter break, kind of a lot of the talk was about you know Celtic they need a rest, they need a bit of time off, and then when we come back from the the winter break they'll they'll be flying and be you know firing on all cylinders again. That's not really happened, so you can't say for sure that as soon as Robertson and Rogers come back. Um, that it will pick straight up again, but you are going to, you know, as I say, you look at last season how important they were. You are going to miss them. And as you alluded to, Mick Charlie Masonda get his debut. Also, Jack Henry, Mir Beaton had to come in and play centre back again, like he did in a lot of European games. Is it too easy to be too critical of Celtic for one bad result, given the problems they've got? That's, that's the that's the nature of the the world we live in. It's Scottish football. It's um, if you win a game, you're uh, the best in the world, and you lose, you're the worst. It's uh, it's never anything in between, uh, which it usually is. To be honest, it usually is uh, somewhere in between. But um, look, it was a poor performance, and I think people are a bit concerned. Certainly, fans are a bit concerned that the performances haven't been at the same levels as they've seen or got used to last year. Because they haven't been. There's, just, there's no way to get around it. You mentioned Scott Sinclair; he's not quite hit the same heights as last year. I don't think his, his demise has been quite as dramatic. Some people make out. I mean, look at his stats; they're still frightening. Still, you know, right um, but he's he's missed a few. Guilty his chances that you maybe think he put away his final ball maybe not quite been the same as it was last year but it had to happen at some point um, plus a lot of these players as well they have been on the go for 18 months solid um, and they were, they were going to be a dip at some point uh, and like we see with injuries as well come in now as well because they have been at full pelt for a long time uh, and it's starting to bite uh, guys like Jack Henry they'll come in it'll take him time um, maybe it wasn't the best of debuts that the boy made I think um Anyone who's seen him know he's a, he's a prospect, but he's still young. And it's, it was a big ask coming in, and, and especially when you lose your, your partner. Um, both, of them. both of them, yeah, alongside you. So he's kind of left, kind of holding the baby on his debut, which is a wee bit unfortunate for him. He did struggle a bit, I mean, especially towards the end of the game when it was a bit ragged. Um, I felt kind of sorry for him in that respect, but he'll come, he will come good. He's a good big player, as we've all seen in Scotland this year. And what impact do you think this result will have, if any, Mick, like positive or negative? Is it just you, you wait and see if it spurs Celtic on or if it knocks their confidence out? From listening to Brendan Rodgers after the game, how do you think Celtic will react? Well, they've not had to react to many setbacks in the last 18 months, but when they have had questions asked of them, they, they tend to answer them. I remember the, the game at Pataudry at that time, Celtic looked as though they were vulnerable. They're up there and absolutely hammered Aberdeen. I mean, at the park, um, the Hearts game again last week at uh, Parkhead. People wondering how they'd react to the, the defeat at Tynecastle. Thumped Hearts at the park could have been could have been anything that night. So they do, do tend to kind of come back when there's questions asked. They do tend to kind of spark into life um, and, and and try to take some sort of reaction. So I think you would expect to see something on Saturday. Um, I, I think they will. Um, they do tend to get stung when they get criticised. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go on. And so there is somewhat of an injury crisis. I mean, we've been saying that for a few months now. Do you have the latest, Mick, on what the, the injury situations are, particularly in the defence, the likes of Boyatar or Ayer? Yeah, I think I think they two are, are, are struggling a wee bit. Boyatar may be uh, slightly ahead of, uh, of Ayer. I don't know, but I think it's still a bit away, I think. Um, Stuart Armstrong can edge him back. Um, I think Patrick Roberts... We're waiting to find out as well because he, he was due back. 
around about this kind of time, but now I think maybe a little longer. Um, I think there's, I think there's perhaps more positivity in terms of um, Jozo Simonovic. Yeah, he's, he's back training. in the squad for the weekend. I well, I Could think he was, weekend, yeah. he was deliberately left out yeah, on, the, on the plastic. He, he, he wouldn't have played that kind of that kind of surface um, with his kind of injury history. Um, so I expect to see him him back in. So it's slightly. I think I think there's talk about Marvin Compers, not far off either. Yeah, but he so can't play against Zenit. They've said he's, they're not going to rush him into. There's no point. Playing, he can't so play. He can't play against Zenit anyway. So there's no yeah. point in rushing him in if he's if he's if he's coming back from injury. So it's maybe starting to ease slightly, but um, it's still not particularly particularly great at the moment. Liam, for you, do you see these injuries just as bad luck? I suppose any injury is, but does it suggest a lack of squad depth in any way on Celtic's part, or is it just? A a bad spate of a number of injuries at once. I think it it just seems like a you know a bit of bad a bad luck because you know if you look at if you look at Celtic squad there is a great deal of depth there and they have for the most part they have been dealing with it. Uh, they've okay they've had these two poor results but they've still been getting points <coughs> on the board. Uh, the weekend was poor obviously but it's not completely derailed their season. They do have enough quality in terms you know relative to. You know the domestic scene to to see them through this, and I, I don't think it's it points to a lack of depth. I mean, what can you you can't legislate for your two centre halves being injured? I think I think if you, if you if you mentioned the lack of depth of Celtic squad to any other manager in Scotland, they spit their uh, tea across the room. I think um, they'd love to, uh, everybody else would love to have that. Exactly. Lack of depth, yeah, I yeah. I mean, they've got a full first team out, and I mean, let's be honest, the players that are playing are first team players. Whereas any other team, we need get games called off. I think with injury list, Celtic have got. And just around the corner, we've got the big Europa League clash with Zenit. So that's next Thursday. Liam, given the form Celtic have been in, and it's hard to judge Zenit and Petersburg coming back after a long winter break, who would you say are favourites for this tie? I think you'd still put probably Zenit as the, the favourites for it. Um, Celtic, they're not in, a, in a, a great moment, as you said, in terms of, in terms of injuries, Zenit. As you say, you can't ju- you can't always you know judge how teams will come back from a break without any sort of competitive action. But I think at, at this moment in time, you'd probably maybe just put the Russians as as favourites just now. And obviously, Celtic have home leg at first. Traditionally, Mick, that's seen as a disadvantage, isn't it? It is, but I don't see it that way this time. To be honest with you, I think it's now perhaps flipped. Even in, in general terms in Europe, I think having a home leg first is no longer a bad thing. Um, I think if Celtic can get through the first leg and be alive in the tie, I think that's a bonus. If not, nothing each draw at Celtic Park, I think I think would be a decent result, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, Zenit, there are, I don't really know an awful lot about them. Um, my Russian TV subscription um, so has expired, so I don't see an awful lot of them um, the Russian league. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, at least, not, least, least, not, the, least not the sports shows, anyway, yeah. <laughs> But um, so it, we don't really know. I mean, all we know is they've got a, a huge wage bill. And they've got guys that are um, some some pretty hefty um, names in the team and all that stuff. Big name manager, so it's big name manager. So they're, they're worth a few quid. So they're going to be they're going to be decent. They've, they've had European pedigree in recent years. Um, so they're going to be a, a top draw side, and they'll be coming to Scotland. And if the, the nightmare scenario is they come and do a job in Celtic in the first leg, and it's done before we get to Russia. That's the total nightmare scenario. And I think that's the concern a lot of fans will have because they look at the defensive record in the Champions League and think not up to much. Um, when there's pressure put on them, they don't really cope with it. So we don't know what this uh, Russians will bring. How they travel, I don't know. That's an issue because I mean, um, see teams that sometimes don't travel so well. But I still think through the first leg, 
one nil up, they'd snap snap the hand off yeah, for a one nil lead to go there and have something to try and hang on to it there. Because I say the nightmare scenario would be two nothing at home and tie over. Um, because out there is, is going to be pretty scary to be honest with you. So even in a nil nil at Celtic Park, I mean usually Celtic like to sort of batter teams in their own turf, get as many goals as they can earlier on, but maybe a more pragmatic approach from Rogers, although he's been averse to that in the past, might yield a nil nil result and then they can look to grab an away goal in Russia, perhaps, Liam. It's a, it's an option. It's a, and I mean I don't think, you know, as much as Rogers has been you know, maybe accused of being trying to go too gung ho against these top sides. He'll, he, he will, he will probably have a look at. You know, especially if they've got if they get the, there's not much of an improvement on the injury situation as we maybe don't anticipate there will be. Uh, he might have a look at you know just employing a bit more something a bit a bit more restraint, a bit more caution. Um, but at the same time, he might he might be looking at Zenit and thinking, well, we can get at we can get at this mob really and. So it'll be interesting to see how it pans out, but I don't think a a nil nil draw at home, you know, it might be not the most exciting evening for Celtic fans, but if they can take a draw, a, a scoreless draw over to Russia, you know, who knows? They've been quite cute in the European qualifying ties uh, over two legs. I mean, even the, the Rosenberg at home game. I mean, people say that that Rogers isn't pragmatic. I don't particularly go along with that. I mean, they played the back five at the new camp and, and lasted about ninety seconds before the floodgates <laughs> opened up. Um, and they've tried various different ways of playing, and I don't, I don't think I mean, the way it's sometimes portrayed is that, that, that he's hitting his team out like Kevin Keegan's Newcastle team in these games. It's not the case. It's just the players and the, whether it's the formation, the tactics, the players, or a combination of all of the above, they've not done it against these teams. Um, but at the same time, you're playing against the likes of Bayern Munich, Barcelona, Paris Saint Germain. They tell you how they play. They dictate yeah. how you play. Not Celtic don't yeah, dictate you don't, how you, you play. Don't, you don't turn up. You don't to, get to decide how you, you play know, against these teams because the they decide. Set the tone, really, do you? So, and, that, and they've. I mean, it's happened to better teams than Celtic as well. So it's, it's. It, yeah, I think you're right, Mike, when you say it's. It's not a, a case of him going out and being, uh, even though he has, you know, been accused of it in some quarters. I don't think it is a, a case of going out and being too gung ho as you, as such. So I, I don't hear, think that, I hear this phrase "part the bus" again. I think I'm jumping for that one. <laughs> I remember you said this before. It's, it's just brutal here. I mean, it's just such it's a, just a, a different way cliche. of playing. It's not, you know, there's, it's got this element of shame attached to it. But I mean, it's this. It's just sometimes it's the, it's the way to go. It's, a, it's it? a low block these days. It's not. Uh, know, <laughs> it's not a part of us. So if you if you were a Celtic fan at the moment, Liam, looking towards this Senate tie, are you optimistic? I think. you just you'd have to be. I mean, why not? Uh, you know these kind of European ties for you know clubs like you know Celtic, Scottish teams are to be you know to be savoured. They're to be um, look forward to. I don't think there's you know it's a big exciting tie against you know a big a big side, and I, I don't see. I mean, okay, they might not be at full strength, but you what's the point in you know getting into these big exciting games with that sense of you know dread and. You know they've, they've they've done it in the past. Maybe the Champions League campaign wasn't, you know, one of the most memorable for them. But you know, as you say, in the the two legged ties, there seems there was a wee bit. Obviously, it's a step up in quality, but um, it's a bit different from the you know the group stage, and that it's uh, you're essentially you know you're playing both legs and it's, I don't see why they should be I don't think they should lower expectations either I mean no. they got to this stage two years ago under Ronnie Dyler against Inter Milan 
and gave him a, a right good game over two legs. Um, I think it was Van Dijk sent off in the San Siro, which kind of put paid to their chances. But it was three each the first game at Celtic Park, absolute classic. And they're still in a tie going to Italy, and they were in the tie over there as well, yeah, even with 10 men. So I, and that's with the kind of Inter Milan, or they weren't the Inter Milan of old, but they still had guys like Shakiri and all that stuff. and Superb in the lineup. But I, so I don't think you should begin to this thinking, fearing the worst, that it's going to be a bleaching. But at the same token, you have to look at the, some of the, the European displays this year and think that there is a potential for, for that to happen as yeah, well. You could understand maybe Especially a bit injuries, of yeah. apprehension and, as you say, adding the injuries into that. But um, I, I don't think that's, you know, I don't think you'll get too many Celtic fans, you know, completely dreading this tie because no. it's another big night under the lights, all of that. Nothing to lose, in effect. Uh, well, yeah, I suppose. I don't like that phrase either, mate. Yeah. I don't like the suggestion that the job's done. Getting out of that third place in that group is, is that set for the season. I mean, they should have ambitions to, to do well at this level. They're not going to progress unless they give them a game. So I think I wouldn't be writing off as a complete um, shot into the dark and hope for the best job because it's if they should go there and compete. Moving on then, uh, something I wanted to pick up on today, Scott Brown. Now, Craig Levine had some choice comments about the Celtic skipper recently saying that all players should be afforded protection against them. What do you make of Levine's comments, Mick? Just Is it just born out of frustration or wanting to it's tremendous. Craig, is, Craig is, is, has got his mojo back. It's, um, um, it's, been, brilliant. Oh, it's been brilliant. I mean, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm liking the, 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 the new improved version of Craig Levine. He's throwing grenades all over the place. Um, I think he fell out with Neil Lennon and he fell out with Ben and Roger Scott Brown he's um, there's a hint of mischief about he's him he's enjoying stirring the pot at the moment well listen he's, 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 he's worked a treat so far I thought I'd have been impressed with it I mean listen if that's what he wants to say that's, that's it's, all, it's all good we would like a bit of conflict in the, the Scottish sports I mean, media I'm, I'm not convinced that he's 100% serious when he says these things I think he's just no, it's, you know, he's, he's, he's it's a sense of mischief involved you could even see the look in his face it's kind of tongue in cheek I know when you see yeah, it written down so. on paper you know you can think oh it's he talking about but there is a wee you can tell there's a wee he's still saying it he's still saying it that's he's still the, making uh, a yeah, point yeah. Ah, he's yeah. still he's still you know <laughs> but it's the way he's doing it it's it's you know it's just cheeky I must admit I was laughing at Scott's response saying that Levy met about my book on the weekend let's be honest Scott gets booked most weekends <laughs> if you're going to put a, a bet on a, a yellow card it's usually Scott Brown because that's just the way he plays and I don't think any manager would want to change that but he's a physical robust aggressive player um, and I don't think no matter what Craig Levine says or does is going to change that yeah, I mean I don't know the guy but I'd imagine Scott Brown's heard all this before so I don't think if you were to ask him about it I don't think he would be yeah. you know he's not going to be you know punching his TV when he looks at Craig Levine talking about him that's just no and know. if you look at his disciplinary record okay he's had a lot of bookings but I believe it's only one red card in the last three years so maybe it is just a bit of fun and games uh, from but he's, he's great. Scott Brown's great at that kind of that kind of thing. Of um, he might even take a booking at some point, even early on in games, and it almost sets his stall out for the rest of the match. Um, I think that was maybe the, the match that Levine was talking about. I think he, he made. He, I think it was a challenge on Jim. Uh, no, but the, the original the original tackle he booked for was, uh, uh, was, was on Jim yeah. when he really put him in Rose Ed. Uh, but he was lucky. <laughs> he's probably lucky not to see any more <laughs> yellow. But it, it was early in the game and it. It was a real statement, an old-fashioned statement, uh, old, old-fashioned reducer. I mean, you could almost see that coming after what had happened at Tynecastle. Mm. It, 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 it would have been printing money, basically, to put... Oh, but it was eye-watering to tackle him. Uh, he was lucky to stay in the park for that one, but it did set, set his stall out, and then he ran the show that night, and, that, and that's what he didn't tend to do. So he would take his booking sometimes and think, well, that's my message 
delivered loud and clear. And some poor fellas hobbling about with a big bruise backside in the meantime. <laughs> but that's just the way he plays. Another thing I wanted to pick up on is there's a lot of talk at the moment, as, as brought to you by the record, that Walter Smith is the, 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 the choice of the SFA to take over the Scotland job. There's been a bit of talk amongst some Celtic fans or even, even amongst people in the office here. Uh, the core of the Scotland squad at the moment is... Are predominantly Celtic players who are used to playing sort of with an attacking verve and and, and so on. Walter Smith, although throughout his career, has shown he can do, play attacking, defensive, and in, in his last Scotland campaign, tend to play defensive to get results. Do you? What's your take on Walter Smith maybe taking over the Scotland job, Mick, and, and any sort of impact that will have on the Celtic players or, or what they might think about it? Uh, in terms of Walter taking over with Scotland, I'm, I'm a wee bit torn um, because would, would Walter Smith come in and do a, a decent job with Scotland in the short term? I, I, I think you know, I think there'd be no doubt about it. I think he would make Scotland competitive in every single game they played in, uh, which could edge us towards qualification. So there, therefore, I can understand why there's a, a move to speak to him and, and some people who would, be, who would be glad to see him in, in charge. But I'm, there's also part of me that thinks are we going to be short term thinking all the time we've done this for 20 years so, I mean the SFA let Strachan go because they perceive them to be a wee bit old fashioned relying on older players not wanting to blood youth maybe not the guy not progressive enough so we want to go for a kind of young up and coming manager who would, who would do that they identified Michael O'Neill he says no and then we go for somebody who is even older than Gordon Strachan and seen as, as, as more old fashioned and, and, and and that kind of thing. So, I must admit that it's not an appointment I think would be the most progressive. In the short term, potentially successful, so therefore I can see why it would be an appeal. But is that it's a wee bit depressing that the SFA are running around with the hair on fire. And it's it's a bit like Rangers fans do it as well. After a couple of bad results, it's, oh, please go and get water. Oh, we, need, we, need, we need Walter. He's, he's seen as it's an nanny state and, um, and, and, and Sir Walter, Uncle Walter, uh, is the man come and pick us up. We're, we're, we're stuck without a taxi fare home. Can you come and get us? And at some point, we have to let the guy just enjoy his retirement in peace without having to go, please come and bail us out. I don't think we need bailed out. I think we've got a squad of players that are progressing. We've got some young players coming through. They'll even find a few centre halves here and there that we didn't have, I think, or maybe on the verge or something. Maybe not this campaign, but the next one. So I, I don't think it's a firefighting job just now. I think it's a job that for somebody to come in and, and make us progress. Who? I don't know. Uh, in terms of the Celtic angle, I don't think... I mean, the Celtic players are all... I mean, they're all really on board with Scotland in the last couple of years. I mean, the last two years, there have been, what, six, seven Celtic players in each squad, and they've done pretty well. Um, they're, unbe- they're unbeaten in competitive games for the last half of the campaign, albeit it was last chance alone all the way through it. Um, I don't think they had a problem if it was Walter Smith or, or, or anyone um, I don't think it will have an impact on them apart from the, the summer friendlies which we can forget about because mm-hmm. they won't be on it mm-hmm. um, so I don't think a Walter Smith appointment would affect them in any, any, any means but is it the man for the nation to progress I don't know yeah because like, like you say you've got this kind of nucleus of Celtic players in the squad now and these are guys who have been you know kind of conditioned to play in a pretty expansive way uh, by Brendan Rodgers and then I can see the you know the concern from some people thinking oh is Walter Smith is he you know the right guy to be handling these kind of players I think because you know especially you know obviously you had the nine in a row and everything years ago but I think a lot of people who maybe can't remember that as well were 
their kind of perception of Walter Smith is the the Rangers run to the the UEFA Cup final where they were very pragmatic. You know, it wasn't great to watch at times, and so I can maybe understand people thinking, "Oh, is he the right guy to handle these these guys?" And have we got the players to at Scotland now to to kind of implement that style that Smith was sort of known for in Europe with Rangers? Um, but I think you would, if I mean, obviously we don't know what's going to happen, but if he came out, and I think you would have to give him the benefit of the doubt, he's he had a long sort of managerial career where he could show that he could adapt, he could move with the times. So I think you would have to give him the benefit of the doubt, and that he would handle these players properly. And, yeah, you can you can yeah. accuse Walter Smith of being this, I mean, latterly the reputation for being this kind of very um, kind of reactionary and kind of um, defensive minded and and solid foundations and killing games and all that stuff but that was only latterly I mean that's the guy that signed Paul Gascoigne and Brian Loudrup and all that stuff and I mean they weren't always but I think when he got the Scotland job you look at he was had to, had to go to Scotland games against Italy with Nigel Quasi and all that stuff you, you, you deal with the cards you've been dealt mm-hmm. so I think it's a bit unfair to, you know, to brand him as the Walter Nascio kind of um, <laughs> defending all the way he took an Rangers team that weren't particularly great either all the way to a European final because those were the cards he was dealt um, so I, I don't, I don't always agree with that kind of. I mean, yeah. he, he laterally would project us, um, but I just don't think he's maybe the kind of man we need in terms of taking the next step in these younger Scottish players and take us forward. But that's just. But I would be happy if he gets us to the European finals. Yeah, we would take that at the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, and the, the, look at the bigger picture. Yeah, I don't. He's. I mean, uh, they wouldn't be. You know, they wouldn't be hiring him for the. The bigger picture, really, would they? I mean, if you're hiring Walter Smith, then we're basically admitting that we want a kind of short-term fix to get finally to one of these tournaments, and then whether they've got a plan in place for succession, who knows? But you know, that's getting away from you know the Celtic elements. So moving back to all things Celtic, Mick, Celtic have Partick Thistle in the Scottish Cup this weekend. Is this a case of? You know, an expected comfortable win for Brendan Rodgers' men, see them through to the next round, and then just set them up nicely for Zenit St. Petersburg. Do you think? I, would, I wouldn't be banking on a, a comfortable, uh, comfortable win. No, not as such. Because I think Thistle have been a side that have caused Celtic a few problems this season. I think Alan Archibald has got a way of playing against Celtic that does make life quite awkward. And I was impressed with them in the, the first half at Far Hill against Celtic a couple weeks ago. Um, I, would, I would expect Celtic though would need to have a strong side out. Uh, not that much choice, mind you, given some of the, the injuries they've got. Um, I think a, a strong side and a strong performance going into next week is, pre- is pretty vital. But I, I expect this will to be a, a real nuisance this weekend, and I think it'll be they'll need to scratch their way past this tie. I think in the next round. Ah, it's maybe not the kind of game they want ahead of uh, ahead of playing Zenit. You know, as you say, Thistle. Have, you know, they do seem to find a way of. Although Celtic have been coming out with the results, they do seem to have a way of you know kind of. Been a bit of a nuisance, uh, kind of knocking them off their stride a wee bit, and they don't want another. Obviously, they don't want another slip up ahead of uh, the Zenit game. You know, going out of the cup would, you know, that would be. Uh, it'd be different if it was a league game. Okay, maybe they dropped points, but if out of the cup, the kind of double treble element taken out of things, it would. It would I think it would affect the morale going into the Zenit game. So I do. I mean, you do expect Celtic to to make it into the next round, but. I don't think it's it's not a, not a cut and dry. I think this will make cause them a few problems. And if you're Brendan Rodgers, okay, Mick's already touched on it, big Europa League clash coming up, would you start with a weaker 11 of what's available or would it be a case of let's get 
the tie, hopefully in the bag, get some players off for half an hour to go and rest them up for Thursday night. Yeah, I think they're, they're, kind of, they're maybe dictated by the injuries. I don't think they can really afford to uh, to take a chance. Because, uh, you know, as you say, uh, you know, there's there obviously has been injury problems, but they can't afford you know, another slip-up ahead of this. I think they've still got a decent amount of recovery time. Uh, it, but obviously the you know the 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 worry is that there are another couple of injuries picked up, but you know that's that's football, isn't it? So I would argue this is the, big, the official game's bigger game of the week. I mean, Celtic aren't going to go all the way to to win the Europa League. I mean, look at teams involved. They just don't see that happening. Um, but you mentioned the, the chance to go and do a double treble. It would be um, is I would think the, the main priority. Yeah. Maybe yeah. Zenit, the more exciting tie, but... The, it is, but the more important game more is, is against Thistle. That's what I would see it. And just finally, Mick, just you're heading out to uh, Russia next week, so what are your plans when you're heading out there? I'm, I'm packing my long johns and my, my, my Cossack hat and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, I touched on it on just as long as the tie is still alive, that's the main thing. Um, it'd be a shame to go to all this hassle getting a visa for the place and then the game's done and dusted before you get there. And did you yeah. qualify for a visa? Did are they going to uh, let well, you? Well, I'm not found out yet. Till I'm still holding on to my passport, so I'll find out the next kind of 48 hours if I, if I get it back. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll soon see. Uh, touch wood. Well, hopefully we'll be able to speak to you when you're out there. Then, hopefully not in the in the wee small hours of the morning, as I think it was in Kazakhstan when we phoned you last time. But that's all from us this week. We will be back next midweek. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or Audio Boom to get a podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>